This is a hypothetically great podcast. This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. It is Friday, May 6th, 2022. It's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. It's been a little scattershot this semester. A lot going on, but the spring semester at Columbia has come to a close. Uh, The second years in the MBA program are graduating, going on to live their lives in the world of tech at sort of a weird time uh, as the whole market kind of takes a bit of a cooling off, let's say, to put it gently. Um, But in tech specifically, we see a lot of price corrections in the public markets. We're seeing some pulling back in the private markets. And uh, everyone's just a little on eggshells right now waiting to see how it all shakes out. One encouraging thing, of course, is that if you look at consumer behavior, just people on the street, you, your friends, your family, everybody seems to be using plenty of technology every day, just as they were when uh, everything was going up into the right a few months ago. So that gives me pretty great confidence that as far as consumer behavior, uh, technology is not where people are going to start spending less time and hopefully not where they will start spending less money. This is the last episode of the semester. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, hasn't it? But it's funny because we started the semester, we started this season of Tech News for MBAs talking about Meta's earnings uh, last quarter. And just this week, they had their new earnings report, which is going to be the focus of this last episode of the season. So it's kind of fitting. Uh, In between there, we talked about crypto. We talked about decentralization. We talked about the war in Ukraine We talked about Substack. We talked about uh, computer brain interfaces. We, of course, talked about Elon Musk's bid for Twitter. And a lot has happened since then. Maybe we'll touch on that in the context of Meta. Um, And actually, that's a good place to sort of introduce this broader idea that social media is no longer a new thing. It is no longer uh, in the realm of startups and high growth, uh, we're really now in a mature market. These tools have been around for 10, 15 years, and they're used by almost everyone on earth. So in a way, they really moved almost into the realm of commodities, uh, and we might have to start valuing them that way and, and thinking about them that way. And strategically, Um, You know, is the idea here to sort of continue to innovate into new social tools or is it really just to say, look, these are now mature businesses. This is like the auto industry and we need to start regulating it and differentiation is going to happen in relatively boring ways for a while. Uh, And so social is mature. And what does that really mean? But the focus of today's episode is really on Facebook, the company formerly known as Facebook, I should say, now called Meta, and what its 
most recent earnings report sort of tells us about it. And the real question here is how bad is this? Uh, is this part of a broader market downturn that we're seeing across tech and across lots of sectors? Or is this something specific to Meta as a company? So we're going to jump right in. Last thing before we do, it's the end of the season, end of the semester. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast if you haven't already. Really would help me out. Uh, I've got a lot of new stuff cooking that I'm excited to tell you about. Perhaps between seasons, I'll do a mini episode where I give you just uh, some updates on other projects that I'm working on. But thanks as always for listening to this season. All right, let's get into the last headline of season three. Meta's quarterly earnings report shows that the company is down 21% on profits. Their revenue has slowed, their user base has stagnated, and the stock price is now down more than 50% from where it was only six months ago. So what are the important numbers to know here? Well, just for some scale so that you understand sort of what we're talking about, Facebook's, sorry, Meta's quarterly financials, uh, their revenue for the quarter was just south of $28 billion. Their net income was around $7.5 billion on that. Uh, so that's approximately a 27% uh, profit margin. And so these numbers don't really mean anything in isolation other than you should be thinking, hmm, that's a big number. That's over $100 billion uh, annually. Now, what we're really interested in, though, is the relative uh, movement of these numbers up or down. So revenue is up 6.6% year over year. So that means this same period of time in 2021, the revenue was a little lower. So that, on the face of it, seems good, right? You're like, okay, well, that's not so bad. But again, you have to look relative to other quarters. So the previous quarter to this, revenue was up 20% year over year. The quarter before that, revenue was up 35% year over year. The revenue uh, was up 56% the quarter before that. So growth rate here, we're looking at it was up by 56, then 35, then 20, and now 6.6%. So that's not looking so hot. The other thing is if we look at the profits here, we will see that their profit, which again, net income of 7.5 billion, that number is actually down year over year 21%. And so this is really striking. Um, for instance, a couple of quarters ago, their net income, again, their profit was over $10 billion. And that was actually like double what it had been a year before that. That was June, 2021. So almost a year ago, actually. Um, and now, you know, as we're in May, 2022, so 11 months later, 
that 10 billion is now 7.46 and that is down year over year 20%. So, um, part of this is that they just had a really killer 2021 and so did everybody. So it's like a little unfair to look purely at the year over years. Um, but it still matters, right? If you're a shareholder and your stock price is now been cut in half, uh, and you're looking at these numbers thinking, man, what is going on here? And if you look at the more qualitative data here around how many people are using Facebook, how many new people are coming into the family of apps, which again includes Instagram and WhatsApp, et cetera, um, there was a slight increase, which of course is better than a decrease, which we actually saw for the first time in Facebook's history last quarter, there was a slight decrease, but it's very slight. It's slight decrease, slight increase. To me, they're kind of treading water around 2 billion active users per day. That's in uh, Facebook, like Facebook, Facebook. And then if you look at the family number, it's closer to 3 billion. It's 2.87 billion people are using Facebook every day. Let's just call it 3 billion, okay? That is an absurdly large number. And so even though the growth rates, of course, are much smaller, that's an increase of 6% year over year. 6% of 3 billion is 180 million. So if they were going to do this again at another 6%, right? That's almost 200 million more people that they just need to find on the planet that currently are not using WhatsApp or Instagram or Facebook or Messenger or Oculus that are not using any of those today. They need to find 200 million new people to add to get that same 6% boost. That's about a Twitter's worth, by the way. Twitter uh, has around 200 million daily active users total relative to Meta's almost 3 billion. So the scale really is crazy. When you have a tool like this and you have a total addressable market that's basically, you know, everybody on earth except for newborn babies, like anyone that can use a computer or a phone is a potential customer for Meta's uh, family of apps. And then of course, if you cut that number by the number of people that have access to a smartphone and access to the internet, I don't know what that total possible number is, but it can't be that much more than 3 billion, right? Like there's only, you know, 8 billion people on the planet. Now, again, take away the babies and take away anybody that doesn't have internet and take away anybody that doesn't have a smartphone. I mean, you're looking here at pretty much market saturation and that's a scary place to be. On one hand, it's like, okay, you've taken over the world. Congratulations. But stock prices depend on future growth. You are betting that the price you're going to buy the stock at today is lower than where the stock will be in the future. And so what is the narrative that Meta is going to tell to encourage uh, stock traders to believe that that could be possible? It's a lot easier when you have uh, a lot of headroom to go. But here, again, they're almost pretty much maxed out on how many people could use the platform. So one way to think about it is revenue per user. So you say, look, we've got this amazing user base, WhatsApp, we're not even making any money off these people yet. And on Facebook, Instagram, um, there's a lot of places where 
we can start to monetize and figure this out, right? So that's one potential narrative that you could look at. Um, but again, the numbers don't look great there. So on one hand, ad impressions, so how many people saw ads, how many ads were served, increased 15% year over year. Okay, so that sounds pretty good. But the average price per ad decreased 8% year over year. So you have this race to zero on the price that advertisers are paying for those ads. So you have to show more and more and more ads just to get to the same number, let alone show growth there. And of course that creates a worse and worse user experience. The other thing is that those ads are likely going to be less and less relevant. And that's largely being blamed on Apple. Apple introduced something called app tracking transparency, uh, which was first announced in the fall of 2020. And this is that little message that comes up on your iPhone that says, do you want this app to be allowed to track you outside of the app? And if you say no, then they don't have access. So what does that really mean? Well, let's say that you have downloaded one of Facebook's family of apps. Again, Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook proper, Messenger. And they ask you allow or don't allow, right? So let's say yes, you allow it. This means that they potentially have access to what you're doing on your phone when you're not using that specific app. So now I'm using some other app that maybe has a deal with Facebook on the back end, or I'm using Safari, the web browser, and they can see which websites I've been to. So I go to, you know, I don't know, uh, H&M.com and I'm checking out some hoodies. And now Facebook serves me an ad for an H&M hoodie. And there's a better chance that I'm going to convert on that ad because they already know that I'm interested in hoodies and specifically I'm interested in hoodies from H&M. Maybe it's the exact one that I had been looking at, right? We all are familiar with this sort of experience. It feels a little creepy, but it's also really targeted and relevant to me. And again, there's a better chance I'm going to click on that than something random. If I don't allow them to track me, then they would never know that I was on H&M and so they wouldn't show me that ad. They would show me some other random, more generic ad that I'm less likely to care about and less likely to click on and engage with. And so all of these things are kind of, you know, coalescing together to create a pretty depressing picture for the future of Facebook's advertising business. So what is the other narrative at play here? Well, of course, it is Meta's stated main focus, which is the metaverse. We've talked a lot about the metaverse on this podcast. And of course, this is one of those buzzwords that's sort of everywhere. They even changed the name of the freaking company to meta. And in their earnings call, they talk about this too, and how meta really is the focus. This quarter, meta lost almost $3 billion just in this one quarter on what's called Reality Labs, which now houses Oculus and all of their other VR, AR, metaverse aspirations. And so, you know, again, times four, let's say that's about $12 billion in loss. So that's obviously sort of eating into that profit, right? So when you look at the profit and you say, wow, profits are down uh, by a few billion dollars. Well, is that because revenue's down or because expenses are up? It might be both, of course, but where are the expenses going to? Well, a lot is being poured into Reality Labs, and these are R&D type of expenses, what we call K-1 
CapEx versus OpEx, capital expenditures versus operating expenditures. You can think of it as just investments for the future. So it's not running the business that we have today. It's investing in the business that we want to have tomorrow. And you all know I'm super bullish on the metaverse and particularly augmented reality. Mark Zuckerberg and the rest of Meta have really staked their future on this new version of the internet that they hope will supersede mobile and computers and all of that. So the question is, is that enough for stockholders to continue to invest, to buy the stock today, anticipating that uh, these dreams of the metaverse will make it all worth it in the long term? And this harkens back to perhaps what is my favorite episode of this show that I ever produced, which was almost exactly a year ago, it was April 2021. The episode was called Apple and Facebook Battle for the Future. If you have not listened to this episode or you forgot what it was about, I recommend that you go back and do it simply because I think if you're going to work in tech or if you're interested in tech, this is the essential sort of pivotal battle. And it may not seem obvious today, and a year ago it seemed even less obvious, that Apple and Facebook are actually the two major players that are competing for the future of the internet. And I don't mean that uh, metaphorically or facetiously, I mean it literally. Apple dominates the device and operating system that we all use on the internet today. Now, yes, Android is an important part of that story, but as far as being a revenue driver for Google, Android actually doesn't drive a lot of revenue. So there's a more complicated story there. I'm not saying that Google's uh, not a player or that Microsoft's not a player, Snapchat, uh, et cetera, et cetera. All important companies, great. But Apple really is uh, able to move the needle because the whole internet essentially lives on top of it. And what they decide impacts every other business like we're seeing here with Facebook's advertising business. Now, what Facebook wants to do, what Meta wants to do is own the next platform. Okay, so we missed out on mobile. iPhone, iOS, it would have been cool if that was us, but we were just a little baby company in 2007. And uh, obviously, like they weren't prepared to compete with Apple then, even though they did try a few years later with a Facebook phone. Now, they're a big company. And until a few months ago, they were worth almost a trillion dollars. And they're one of the big players in tech and in the world right now. And they say, yeah, we're going to own the next platform. After the smartphone is going to come some sort of augmented virtual reality smart glasses, a headset. This is why they acquired Oculus so many years ago and are putting so much money into reality labs. And they say, we're going to own the device. We're going to own the operating system. And we are going to go head to head and compete with Apple. Now, they have basically said as much, um, but I am saying full-throatedly that is where it's all going. So Apple, in the name of privacy and tracking and all of these things that are popular today are saying, look, we just want to you know, make sure that our consumers aren't being tracked around the internet in a creepy way and your data isn't being sold to advertisers, blah, blah, blah. That's great and noble and I'm totally into it. But I really think 
that there's an ulterior motive there where Apple is saying, we can cut off Facebook's cash cow that is funding their effort to compete with us for this next uh, platform, right? To dominate whatever comes after the smartphone. And this plan might be working, right? Like if Facebook's advertising revenue can't support the cash flow, eventually their shareholders are going to say, why are you spending $12 billion a year on Reality Labs, which you say yourself, Mark Zuckerberg, is not going to turn any sort of significant uh, revenue or profit until the 2030s. Meanwhile, we're still in the early 2020s and we need you to start showing profits today. And there's going to be pressure for him to spend less and less money on Reality Labs, less and less money on the metaverse to clean up shop on the advertising business. And so Apple then is sort of thwarting their future competitor. They don't really compete today on devices. No one is saying Oculus today is uh, a direct competitor to the iPhone. But if you just sort of draw the lines out over time, they eventually will become competitors if Facebook has the means to compete. And what Apple's trying to do is just cut them off at the knees so that they never actually get there. Anyway, we're seeing this play out. It's not purely Apple's genius defensive moves here, but it certainly isn't helping uh, and is, I think, hurting their advertising business. Then you have this idea of market saturation where there's just kind of nowhere to go. And then you also see advertisers actually starting to diversify their spend a little more than they used to, not only to Google, which of course is Facebook's biggest advertising uh, competitor, their current major competitor in the business that they're in today, um, but you're seeing more advertising dollars go to Amazon and uh, we'll see what happens now if Elon Musk takes over Twitter and that becomes a more attractive place for advertisers. There's Reddit, there's all of these other places that are slowly kind of eating into that duopoly of Facebook and Google. Um, and so all of these factors are sort of coming together to work against Meta. And then on top of that, there's the general market downturn where everything's kind of going down. All tech stocks uh, are coming down. Um, or most tech stocks, I should say, uh, in the public markets in particular. We'll see if private follows, probably it will. Um, and everyone's just feeling a little less flush with cash right now, right? Um, and so uh, everything else that's happening sort of macroeconomically just creates the wrong conditions for Facebook to uh, not be performing well right now. It's kind of the perfect storm. And so we'll see what happens. My guess is by uh, next season, we might have some further development here. I'm very curious to see what Apple announces in June around their worldwide developer conference, uh, WWDC, in the beginning of June. That's where they always announce the new version of iOS and maybe some sort of new devices or something. Um, so there's speculation that they could introduce their first version of smart glasses. Um, I personally think it's maybe still a little early, but obviously that would be super exciting, super awesome. Okay. Well, it's been a blast. I wish everybody uh, a wonderful summer. Uh, as I like to tell my students, be physically safe and professionally risky. 
I'm Professor Paul Canetti. I'll see you next season on Tech News for MBAs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>